Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and I'm joined, of course, by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? What's going on here? This is two days in a row I've had to wake up at like 6 a.m. Yeah, well, um, we're recording early on a Monday because I'm on vacation, and unfortunately, I will not be available at our normal time frame tonight. Well, on vacation? Are, are you in London with the NFL? Ha. Huh. No, um, but from the looks of the score of that game, I wish I was. No, my wife and I are up in Cape Cod, and we are seeing the remnants of some big wins from Hurricane Ian, but none of the devastation that Florida saw, thankfully. Well, that's that's very thankfully. Unfortunately, that devastation did kind of kill our great expectations for the uh, matchup between Buffalo and Baltimore this past weekend. But alas, uh, that was one thing that you had to kind of take into account, is that there may have been some remnants of Hurricane Ian, uh, Tropical Storm Ian, whatever it became as it grew inland, that that could affect your uh, game play. And of course, that's one of the things you need to watch for on Sunday morning is if there is inclement weather coming into a game, that it will indeed affect uh, the potential for passing offenses as well as kicking offenses for leagues that still use kickers. Yep. And you know what? I actually saw all of one play, believe it or not, one play all yesterday um, you know how much I love those 9.30 a.m. London games. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was the final kick of the Saints and um, Vikings game. And I have to say, the camera operators were in preseason form because you didn't get to see either of the real doinks on the, on the daggone replay. We got the dreaded double doink again. And, uh, you know, when it first went off the side upright, uh, it looked for certain, like, I mean, it, the way it was angled to bounce down, that it was going to fall over the over the crossbar and, and be a successful kick because it was, it was on the inside of the upright, so it would have counted. Yep. But of course, it hits the upright and then does basically like a uh, Rodney Dangerfield triple Lindy flip backwards onto the field and landed in the end zone. It looked Honestly, it looked good. I, I thought it was a good kick. and the, it, it had the distance, I felt like. I mean, it had the distance because yeah. halfway up the pipe when it hit. The camera angle was just horrible. But in any, in any event, so that means I was a box score scouter um, for today's show. However, that won't keep us from having me throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Jonathan Taylor injured his ankle Sunday. With a week five tilt scheduled for this coming Thursday, his availability is highly in doubt. Of course, based on his production the last three weeks, the real question is, will his owners even notice. <laughs> Kenny Galladay suffered a knee injury Sunday, and he was forced to leave the game for New York. Now, color me shocked by this news, as I thought the Giants had cut him a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> After starting the game unable to move their offense, Mitch Trubisky was benched in favor of Kenny Pickett. Pickett scored twice on the ground, but he also threw three interceptions after coming into the ballgame. Based on this small sample size, we can all safely proclaim that Pickett is already a more reliable fantasy starter 
than Justin Fields. <laughs> it wasn't a good week for aging backup quarterbacks as both Tyrod Taylor and Brian Hoyer left their respective games with concussion syndromes after sustaining big hits. Now, come on, defenders. Didn't anyone ever tell you to respect your elders? <laughs> and finally, DK Metcalf was brought to the locker room upon a cart mid-game Sunday. It was found out later that he was brought back because he had to go to the bathroom. When this news broke, Lamar Jackson took to social media and said, Wait, the cart was actually an option this whole time? <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. Okay, that, you almost actually had me laugh out loud while you were saying that last line because I saw where you were going. And that's, um, for you to go there, I'm sorry, that was bad, wasn't it? Hey, listen. There's a little call back there. <laughs> listen, there. you know how I can get on a soapbox about concussions, and, and we'll do that in a second, I guess. Um, but for, for the people listening, we are going to have our two segments like normal. Um, we'll have our normal DFS segment, our PSVs, pay-ups, stay-aways, and value plays. And then Harley and I, mainly Harley, are going to talk to you about bankroll um, and what that means. But Harley, concussions. I still have a problem with how people view concussions. Um, we saw... I did see the Thursday game, and I did see what happened to two, and that was absolutely just frightening. And I really I feel... I think the, the comment of the week came uh, from a uh, former co-writer of mine with uh, Fantasy Football Weekly and uh, Paul Charchian's website, Ryan Bozer, who posted that it looked like Tua's hand was possessed by Vecna. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, a lot of times when you see concussions, you don't see that. Right, it's not something that the the normal viewer can see, like that that body reaction that you have, like he had with his hands and stuff like that. It's so it's like when you see somebody twist or break an ankle, right, or a leg or an arm, it, or you know yeah. they're, they're bloodied and and bruised type thing. You see that, and, and you're like, oh god, no wonder he's not coming back. But somebody gets their quote unquote bell wrong. Oh, shake it off, get in there. What's when well, you're just seeing a few stars? No, that's a brain injury, and some of them are more traumatic than others. So. Um, the whole Tua thing, they're doing an investigation, rightfully so, um, because you can't be too careful with this. I mean, these, it's these guys' lives, and, it, and it's no joke. I mean, if Tua had one the week but prior, which they said he didn't, it was a back injury, yeah, okay, um, and then he suffered this one, I mean, his career could be in jeopardy, his life could be in jeopardy type thing. Like, luckily, he's got all his movement, and things seem to be promising based on reports, but yeah, I'll get off my soapbox, but that's that's how I feel about concussions. It's just, I feel that they should well, be reported Well, it's interesting as, that they call these positions independent trauma consultants. They're paid uh, by, by the team. Are they really independent? Uh, do, do you know, are they hired by the individual teams? Are they uh, supplied by the NFL? Who, who provides these individuals to each uh, franchise? You know what? That's something I've never looked into, but my assumption is they've got to be paid for by either the NFL or the team, so how independent can they be? Um or exactly. the NFL Players Association. So it's like somebody that has a vested interest in it. It's not just the medical um, establishment saying, we're going to provide these doctors for you because we want to and think it's the right thing to do. Maybe that's what needs to happen. I don't know. But in my mind, until we start calling them brain injuries or traumatic brain injuries instead of the word concussion, which I just think has a misnomer to it, I think we'll always struggle with people realizing just how, how dangerous they are. Well, you know, I never wish a brain injury upon anyone. Uh, one thing that's interesting, now you talked that our next segment's going to be about uh, bankroll management. Well, when you're thinking about your bankroll management, you, you kind of have to have a thin memory. You, you really can't uh, 
look back at previous weeks and think to yourself, oh, shoot, I lost X amount of money this week, so I have to hedge my bets a little bit more this week. I have to play differently this week because of that. That is the worst thing you can do from a daily fantasy standpoint and from a gambling standpoint in general. And along those same lines, just because you had a huge payday one week does not mean that you need to adjust your betting strategy the following week. Just because you just because you won four straight hands of blackjack doesn't mean that you have to up your bet from ten dollars to twenty five dollars per hand. It's just something that you can do, but you don't have to do. So again, you have to have the ability to shut off your memory about what happened the previous week from a financial standpoint to roll into the following week when you decide what you're going to bet. That is sage advice, my friend. Very sage advice. Uh, I like to think it comes from the mind of a person who has uh, both succeeded and failed, uh, both on the daily fantasy front as well as at the poker table. So are there any bankroll tips that you can give more to the novices and then maybe to the, the more seasoned guys? Like, Or is it the same advice across the board? It really is the same advice across the board. The most important thing to remember is that it's always your goal to ensure that you've won enough money uh, each week to cover the investment risk that you're putting out there. So what I always tell people is like, you want to invest enough money in your cash game format games, such as head-to-heads and multipliers, uh, 50-50s, double-ups, because those are the games that you have the highest odds of of winning a a double or triple your investment on. You want to invest enough money in those events that you know you're going to win enough differential there to cover for the more highly risk-averse tournament plays. So in other words, if you're if you want to play $50 worth of tournament entries, you should make sure that you've got enough multipliers or head-to-heads or 50-50 entries so that you will win uh, potentially $50 or more in those formats because Again, your odds are much, much more higher in those points. It's kind of like putting $50 on red or black on the roulette table to cover the fact that you're putting uh, $5 a pop on five individual numbers. So what you're saying is the only thing you should – you should not only be playing big tournaments. The Millie Maker should not be all you're doing unless you're just treating it like – Unless you're treating it like a lottery ticket. And that's really what it is. I mean – Yes, uh, lottery has, there's no skill involved in the lottery. Absolutely none. It's totally a random draw of balls. And, and some people say that there's really, uh, that the, the Millie Maker and, and the larger scale GPPs are kind of a lottery in and of themselves. But there is some skill involved in these. There's still the matter of physically going out and making the lives. Yeah. There's still the, the factor of looking at games and thinking to yourself, okay. Geno Smith was a great value play last week, and I think both of us had him as our value play quarterback. So this is a guy that you can consider uh, building your your lineup around without uh, being like everyone else and and using uh, guys from the Baltimore-Buffalo game, which, again, ultimately ended up being a a downfall for people that overplayed those players. So there is skill involved with, with entering tournaments, but it's still more like a lottery ticket than playing a cash game where you're really looking for guys with higher floors rather than higher ceilings. Yeah, and and unfortunately, 
Gino was not my value play last week. Um, I did say I liked him. I actually said I think I was playing him in a league or two on my own as a streamer. Um, but Davis Mills was my value play, unfortunately. Yeah, you could have really called that one to go to go another way. But uh, yeah, Gino Smith in, in the shootout against Detroit, and I, I'm actually a little amazed that Detroit was able to stay in that game considering all their injuries. But yeah, uh, it, it goes to show that. Uh, you have certain things working in your favor on both sides in that case. You've got a pair of adequate but below average quarterbacks facing two defenses that have already mailed it in for the season. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And there was no weather conditions to worry about. So, um, in parting, anything you want to add on on budget and bankroll management? I would say the most important thing is is what we started with in the, in the conversation is don't adjust your gameplay drastically based on one or two weeks' results. If you're down, don't go chasing the double up. If you're up, don't immediately think, okay, I've got more money I can potentially throw on lineups that make no sense, like starting Davis Mills at quarterback last <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And listen, I, I also want to say there's no shame in if you think that you have a problem with gambling um, or managing your budget, please, there are plenty of resources out there, Gambling Anonymous and stuff like that, that you can find on the internet um, to get some help that you may need. So don't feel like that's there's something wrong with you if you have to do that. We all have different struggles. And, and you know, and again, I mean, we always talk about us uh, uh, ways to make money with Daily Fantasy. There are a lot of sites out there, and, and even some of the Daily Fantasy sites host games and whatnot, where you can play free or very, very small budget games, including micro-budget games like Penny, 5 cent, 10 cent, 25 cent games. So it's like, don't think that you need to enter uh, $20 uh, Millie Maker lineups. Uh, you don't have to go out there and enter 150 lineups like, uh, like the mega users will do. Uh, you can enter one lineup in that, and then enter a bunch of a bunch of $3 single entry tournaments or a bunch of $5 single entry tournaments. Those are great ways to make money without going up against a ridiculous field. It takes away a lot of that lottery aspect of it yep. because you're, you're playing small. Again, look for single entry tournaments. Single entry tournaments are the ones where the mega users, they, they maybe be able to throw a, a fun entrance in. They might, might throw some lineup that they would never use into that, but they can't go out and build 150 lineups against you. So you have this one lineup that they're throwing out there, your odds become much, much higher. And again, those tournaments pay too. Uh, a lot of the $5 and $3 single entry tournaments on both DraftKings and FanDuel pay uh, top prizes close to $5,000. So again, if you bank one of those, you're still looking pretty darn good. And again, it's it, based on your ratio, how much you entered cash-wise. If you enter $5 and you walk away at $5,000, that's a hell of a good return. It sure, it, is. it sure is. And you know what? That's why we're going to move on to our DFS segment and our PSVs, Pay Up, Stay Ways, and Value Plays to see if we can help you win some of those things. How's that sound? Works for me. So for those that may be new to this, um, Harley's going to set an over-under. He and I do not discuss how we feel about players or, or DFS, etc. prior to recording. Um, we are recording, as I said earlier, prior to the Monday night game, which is different for us this week. Um, we're recording at all, it's about almost 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, so it's definitely an early record session for us. But what are you going to put the over-under at, Harley? i go with five this week. I'm going to take the over. I don't know why, but I'm taking the over. So go ahead and get us started. This was, a, this was an interesting week because a couple of the positions uh, I had a hard time coming up with to stay away for. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I can I can understand that honestly. Okay, well, I'm going to start off at quarterback with the guy I'm going to pay up for. Okay. And it's uh, Jalen Hurts at Arizona. 8,100 on DraftKings, 8,600 on FanDuel. Arizona has allowed the seventh most passing yards per game through the first three weeks, and they were tied for the third most passing touchdowns per game during that period. During that period. Uh, my numbers haven't updated yet for this week because the games aren't fully complete yet. But uh, – in alignment with this, Hertz is currently ranking fifth among quarterbacks in passing yards and second among rushing yards. He's capable of scoring points and scoring touchdowns both ways. Obviously, he's got weapons to throw to. And uh, the biggest negative against him, I guess I'd say, is that he does see rushing touchdowns to the other running backs in that situation. But I like the game, I like the game script here. Arizona is going to have to throw the ball to stay up with Philadelphia, which isn't going to work too well because Philly's secondary is so good. But both teams will be throwing the ball. It is out in Arizona, so they've got the home field advantage. It should allow them to keep the game close. Uh, I do like Hurts in this outfit. Again, uh, 8,100, 8,600 should pay off pretty good. So initially, my first take was Josh Allen at home, just paying up for the guy with the most. I looked at Hurts, and I was like, no. And then I did kind of what you did. Like, I don't think Josh Allen's a bad play if you want to pay up for the most expensive guy on the board. But what Allen does you know, against a Pittsburgh team, Pittsburgh has not been anything to really mail home about or talk about, right? But Hurts is coming off probably one of his worst passing performances this past week, getting a big win that they need. They're looking to stay 5-0. and um, It's on the road, which almost made me lead Allen, but I went away from what I normally do in the tiebreaker situation there, and I actually have a match, so I'm going with Hurts also this week. Yeah, I did consider Allen, and obviously, and like you said, Pittsburgh has not been the Pittsburgh scary defense of old, but they still, they still have some talent in their secondary, and it, it may be a little bit lower scoring game this week, I think. I mean, obviously, Buffalo is coming off a, uh, a game, again, played in the cold, uh, rainy, windy situation with Baltimore there. It was obviously an emotional game for them as they had to come back from a deficit. Yep. So, I mean, I can understand playing, playing the trend there, but as I feel like this game could kind of be a letdown for them a little bit. I, I think they're still going to beat Pittsburgh. Don't get me wrong about that. But I think it could be a bit of a letdown game from Josh Allen and, and the passing offense in general. Understood. So who are you staying away from? Well, I could easily just say I'm staying away from Josh Allen. But, again, he's still Josh Allen. Yep. So it's hard to stay away from Josh Allen in any matchup. So I, I went down the screen a few names to staying away from Matthew Stafford versus Dallas. Now, Dallas's defense has been very, very good. They've allowed exactly one, one, zero, and one passing touchdown. That's three total passing touchdowns through the first four games. Uh, Stafford just hasn't looked clearly like himself at all this season. Uh, Obviously, he's got weapons to throw to, so it's not like he's going to be shut out in this game, but I don't see him as the fifth highest priced option on the board. So I don't disagree with that play. I considered him, but I moved down a little bit because I could still see Stafford and that team still bouncing and you got Cooper Cup and Dallas could have that game where they do give up the three or four passing touchdowns. Um, I went to a team and a guy where I don't know how they did what they did this week. So I'm going to call it smoke and mirrors. I'm just going to say there's a chance that he's without the same amount of receivers this week. I'm going to stay away from Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff's price tag on DraftKings isn't that bad at 6100 That's the uh, ninth highest price guy. His price on FanDuel is $8,000. Yeah. That is fifth highest. That is 200 behind Justin Herbert. 100 behind Kyler Murray, 600 behind Jalen Hurts, 
and only a thousand dollars less than Josh Allen. <laughs> that is kind of a laughable price. Uh, it is on the road in New England, uh, and in New England secondary hasn't been anywhere near what they've been in the past either. But yeah, no, I'm not paying eight thousand for him, and, and even realistically, paying sixty one hundred for him is kind of a push there. I don't think he's gonna. I, I think yeah. he might approach three times value there, but there's no way in hell he approaches three times value on FanDuel. I mean, <laughs> the only way you consider playing him is if you look at it as one of those reverse trap games, right? Where you put in a throwaway lineup that you know no one's – I mean, what is his ownership rate going to be? Uh, uh, FanDuel, probably very low because, again, you can, when you can get Justin Herbert right. uh, for the same price. So who are you going to – Yeah, he's not going to be. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so who's going to be your value play? I had a couple that I couldn't decide on, but then I wound up staying with one guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like the value plays as much at this position so much this week. Uh, and obviously, Gino had the big week, but now they're going on the road to New Orleans, and New Orleans secondary is pretty good. Um, that about Jimmy Garoppolo versus Carolina, but again, that's on the road. <clears throat> Finally, I, I, I looked at the board, and it's like, you know what? If we knew Mac Jones was going to play, I'd say I'd take him as my value play. Uh, I don't trust Bailey Zappa enough to yep. to roll with him. Same goes for I mean, if Brian Hoyer plays, I'd consider him. But yeah, it's just it's so many question marks. I thought about Zach Wilson, but I ultimately settled on the other quarterback in that game. And that's Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets. Uh, Fifty four hundred on drafting, sixty four hundred on Fanduel. And everyone knows that I laugh at Teddy Bridgewater. I always call him Teddy One TD because that's what he does for his career. Well, give Teddy two TDs this week. You know, I looked at <laughs> I looked at Teddy, but I just could not feel good about that matchup. It's going to be on the road. Can't help but wonder what kind of letdown the Dolphins have after the injury last week and all that kind of stuff, right? How do they respond coming from that loss? I, I went one for Tua. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is true. Um, I wound up going a little bit more expensive. Um, still, I think in the value range. He's Trevor Lawrence? No, I looked at Trevor Lawrence. I did. I honestly, I did look at Trevor Lawrence uh, coming off one of you know his probably worst games of the year. Um, but anyway, no Carson Wentz, who's been up and down, but he's at home against a Tennessee team that's given up 300 and multiple TDs each week except Week One, who was, and that was to Teddy. You know, I'm, I'm to Teddy. Danny Dimes. You got me on Teddy Bridgewater now. Danny Dimes, the, <laughs> only, the only quarterback this year that hasn't put up 300 plus and two TDs, multiple TDs, against um, the Titans this year. So I, I think Carson Wentz is a good spot if you want to try and pay down a little bit on at the quarterback spot. You say Danny Dimes, and I say Tay Bridgewater. I say it's Jenna Fisher saying they're the same picture. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's take a look over at running back. Who are you going to pay up for at running back? Uh, you know, this one here was a little tough for me, too. I just counted kind of all the top-priced guys and – I have a reason to dislike all of them. Yeah. I thought about uh, taking Derrick Henry, and I, I ultimately settled on Delvin Cook at home versus Chicago. Uh, one of the main reasons why Minnesota's offense was clicking this past week in London was because they made a concerted effort to get their running game more involved, both Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. <clears throat> but Delvin Cook came out of the game with no clear loss of, of rotation and structure in his shoulder from the injury suffered the previous week. Uh, Chicago, it, it, they've got problems at every level of the offense and the defense right now. And I don't see how Minnesota doesn't win this game handily. Uh, the one possibility is if there's a letdown on the flight back, but 
I, I'd still like them at 7,300 and 7,300. That FanDuel price of 7,300 is just ridiculously low for Cook. You, you got to play them there. So I'm kind of with you. I was looking and didn't really like anything. Almost could make a reason for why to stay away from everything. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that gets fed, and he gets fed no matter what. And that's Nick Chubb. Um, there have been some big games against the Chargers. Um, Damian Pierce, just this past week, 131, granted it's 75-yard touchdown, but guess what? Nick Chubb can do that too. Um, and he's been putting up solid numbers even without the receptions that you would like to get from your running back. So I'm going to pay up for Nick Chubb at the, at the running back spot this week. No argument there. I, I definitely did consider him. Again, I also thought about Henry, but uh, Seldon Delvin. I, I, I had some small concerns with Delvin, but I don't dislike the play, quite honestly, especially saving, you know, 700 bucks and actually 2100 bucks at FanDuel. So no. it's, it's the FanDuel price that's definitely got me on. Yeah. <coughs> Who are we staying away from? Uh, I'm going to go with the top guy on the board, Christian McCaffrey. It was really nice to see McCaffrey finally targeted this week. I think he had nine targets in this game, which was uh, basically as many as he's had the entire season combined going into this game. Yep. Uh, and you know what? Carolina kept competitive in the game because they did that. Surprise, surprise. Who would have thunk it? Well, San Francisco, through their first three games, are allowing only 63 yards per game on the ground. Uh, so McCaffrey's going to have some slogging of it if they try to run the ball on the ground with him. Hopefully they get involved in the passing game because San Francisco has given up six receptions to running backs this year per game already. But again, he's the top price guy on the board. And you want, when you look at McCaffrey, you want to expect, uh, if you're going to play him, you're, gonna, you're hoping to get 26, 27 points from him. I just don't see that this week. No, I agree with you. Actually, we matched. It's our second match of the day. It's CMC, yes. It was nice seeing the receptions. Um, the rushing totals, not so much. But until we see a, a stronger... Um, trend showing he's going, he's back to the CMC of old, and Baker can continue to feed him with receptions, and he can fix the, the rushing game. Um, yeah, I'm going to steer clear at that price. Okay, well, I'm going to cheat a little bit at value play here. Oh, we might be together because I cheated too. <laughs> uh, at, at value play, I'm going to suggest that you take either Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson at home versus Detroit. They're both values. Uh, Ramondre is a little bit cheaper, so I'll say let's go with him instead. But the biggest difference, they're, they're within $100 on DraftKings, but Harris is $1,200 more on FanDuel. Uh, Detroit has been atrocious against running backs both on the ground and through the air. I think Stevenson's more involved uh, with the short passing game than Harris has been. And depending on who they start at quarterback this week, they're going to have to hand the ball off and, and throw the ball to the running backs a lot because uh, do you really trust Brian Hoyer or Zappi, Zapka to throw the ball for a lot of yards in this game? No. So I I did what, I kind of did what you did, but I split mine, um, and I've got a value play on DraftKings and a value play on FanDuel. Um and my value play on FanDuel matches your Ramondre Stevenson call. So I guess we should at least take a half match on that. Um, yes. I actually thought for sure that you would be all over this one. I don't necessarily like the matchup so much. But like Nick Chubb, this guy's getting fed. He's getting fed a lot in the passing game. Um, he's at home. Brees Hall at $5,400 seems to be mispriced to me. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I was using Brees Hall in a lot of fantasy lineups this week. Uh, him and Rashad Penny were nice 
pivots away from Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert. And uh, I was, when I did this, I have to admit, I was a little reticent because I was concerned, well, it's Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson going to dump it off the hall as much as Joe Flacco was? But you know what? Brees Hall's uh, usage wasn't that different than it was with Flacco. I think he had a few less targets, but it wasn't like a substantial drop-off. So I totally agree with that play. Again, uh, I interestingly enough, running the ball against Miami is a little tough. So those short passes could definitely come in handy. Yeah, I mean, and it's that, that's why I said it wasn't a great matchup, but it's in New York, which I like better. And at least you know that they're feeding him in the passing game. So from a value play at 5,400, he gets in the end zone. He's pretty much going to give you three times value most likely. So, And remember, folks, you get the full PPR at uh, DraftKings versus FanDuel. So that's obviously an advantage using the cheaper price on DraftKings anyways. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at – so we've got two matches. Actually, we've got 2.5 matches. How's that? <laughs> The Vegas likes those half those half matches as far as pushing you over. Yep. So that's what we'll see what we can do. See how that plays into it. Um, what do you have at wide receiver? Who are you going to play up for it at the wide receiver position? Well, wide receiver. Uh, there's there's a couple different options I thought about going with here for the pay up. Uh, I ultimately sold on AJ Brown, uh, Philadelphia at Arizona. Uh, Again, I, I picked Jalen Hurts as my pay-up quarterback, so I always like to stack that person with the top wide receiver for that team. I think that's Brown this week. Uh, Devonta Smith had a bit of a down week this past week. I was actually counting on Smith uh, because of the fact that Brown missed most of this past week due to the birth of his second child. But I think Brown gets to celebrate that birth more this week, assuming his wife doesn't make him stay up and change diapers at 3 in the morning. Uh, on the road in Atlanta, and not in Atlanta, at Arizona, I should say. Yeah. So easy to see why you'd want to possibly stay away from Cooper Cup, even though he's at home against Dallas, right? And he's still Cooper Cup. Uh, he's got to come up with almost 30 points, basically, to pay off. Justin Jefferson at home. <sighs> Something tells me he's in for a big game against a division rival, but it's not the best matchup in the world. And it seems like teams are playing down the Chicago, and you're not putting a lot of points on the board, right? Yep. Well, and for whatever reason, uh, teams have really uh, double and triple drafted Jefferson for the last three weeks. So since the uh, early game against Green Bay, in which they thought they could try to single cover him, and he absolutely just obliterated them, teams are doing what they can to take Jefferson out of the offense. And fortunately, the Vikings have been able to adapt using uh, the tight end Irv Smith, uh, third receiver K.J. Osborne, and of course the veteran Adam Thielen, as secondary outlets uh, in those coverage schemes. So I came down and I'm looking at Stefan Diggs and really like Diggs. Pittsburgh probably scares people because they think of Pittsburgh of old, but Pittsburgh's given up like, I think 101 weekly to, to most of the receivers that they faced. Um, but at the end of the day, I went with a guy that, and again, weather could be an, you know, an issue up in, in Buffalo. You never know what, what you get there. Um, I went with a guy that's going to save some money, and, and we match at A.J. Brown. He's the only guy that I saw in that top 10 that could possibly go for you know, 10, 12 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns that I'd feel comfortable with. So um, we do have our third 3.5 matches so far on the board with A.J. Brown. A little interesting look here at the uh, number one receivers to face Pittsburgh so far this year. Uh, yeah, PPR format, Jamar Chase, uh, just under 24 PPR points. Yep. Uh, Jacoby Myers, 14 PPR points. Amari Cooper, 19.6 PPR points. 
And then this past week, uh, neither Garrett Wilson or Elijah Mitchell, or Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Moore had big point totals, but third receiver, outside receiver Corey Davis, had 15.9 PPR points, including a touchdown. So uh, the outside receiver against Pittsburgh has scored and or topped, it looks like, 70 yards in every single game this season. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't sweat going with the uh, guy against Pittsburgh, too, but uh, that being Stephon Diggs. But again, I, I think we got a match there with A.J., uh, consider Amon Ra if he plays this week. Again, I don't know if he will. I think they'll probably hold him out just like they held out Swift for one yeah. extra week here. But uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, that was the same concern I had was was seeing him and not knowing if he's going to play or be healthier pitch count, something like that. So he's staying away from. Well, you mentioned the guy I'm going to stay away from, that Scooper Cup. Uh, 9,600 and 9,500. Uh, those prices are just too high for this matchup against Dallas. Uh, as I mentioned before, Dallas has allowed only three passing touchdowns all season long. Uh, and they've, they've got the Hosses on the outside to, to kind of frustrate and fluster Cup, but they've also got the pass rush to frustrate and fluster Matthew Stafford, who will be forced to dump the ball off more than I think he normally would. I, I, maybe that means a little more action for Cam Akers in the passing game, perhaps even a little bit more for uh, Tyler Higbee. But again, I just I don't see there being a lot of offense in this game, and you really need Cooper Cup to post one of those ten catch, hundred and twenty yards, and score to reach three x value, and that's just not going to happen here. Yeah, I was going to say, can you could see Cooper Cup with a line of say fifteen catches for one hundred and ten yards, and he doesn't get three times value because he has to score. Yeah, I really see. I mean, with Cup's case here, uh, I think what you're hoping best case scenario this week is maybe seven seventy five and one. Yeah. Which uh, again, that's at full PPR, that's twenty points. That's that's not anywhere close to three x value. But that's not who I stayed away from. Um, I stayed away from a guy who's much he's much cheaper than Cup. But I just think he's got too many question marks this week, especially with um, his quarterback and a penchant to only throw one touchdown. Um, I, I just think that you have to stay away from Tyreek Hill on the road against the Jets with Teddy one TD. Understand. Oh, but at least at least Teddy Bridgewater can throw the ball and catch him in stride. You won't have to come back to the ball like when Tua started. That's true, and, and and he could have a big game. But for me, the, there's just too much risk there. I just don't like it. I don't think it's a good spot. I think it's a trap, actually. I, I actually totally agree with you there. I, th- I think that if uh, I did say I do like Teddy to throw two touchdowns this week, yeah, but I do like his connection with Waddle a little bit more than his connection with Hill. I might get that one breakaway play to Hill, and certainly Hill's got the talent too, but again, his price is uh, $1,300 higher on DraftKings than Waddle and uh, $700 higher on FanDuel. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to choose one of those two guys to stack with Teddy, make it Jalen this week. I mean, four for 101 touchdown. Uh, let's go six for 101 touchdown. At full PPR, that's going to get you, what's that, 6, 6, 12, 20, 22. 22 points, which still isn't three times value. Yep. If you want, I mean, again, I don't know his exact status yet, but uh, you want a really sneaky play this week. If, for whatever reason, they're shorthanded, uh, choose the third or fourth receiver for, uh, for Miami. I, I think Cedric Wilson was starting the season as their third receiver. I, I don't know if he's back uh, healthy yet or not. If he is, uh, maybe consider him. Uh, I know they activated uh, River Craycraft, the former, I want to say former New England receiver, and he was involved a little bit in the offense a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, just look down that list a little bit and see if there's someone sneaky that you can put maybe as like a, a depth wide receiver three because there will be some offense in this game. There will be some passing in this game. And uh, I, I think someone's going to score. Again, I agree with you, though. I don't think it's going to be Tyree Kill. Yep, there you go. All right. I had a tough time with my value play. What do you, what do you got at value play? At wide receiver this week? Yeah. Uh, I actually chose a guy who I really, really like this week, and that's uh, Bobby Trees. His price is uh, considerably less than uh, a lot of the other wide receiver ones in the NFL right now. It's 5,200 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. Scored in a couple of weeks now in a row here, and Washington's secondary has been kind of picked on all year. Now, the advantage that Woods has right now also is that Traylon Burks left the uh, game this past week with an injury that looks fairly fairly uh, severe. So it's a good chance he's not going to play this week. That means that Tennessee's other options are guys like Nick Akine, and uh, that just doesn't bring a lot of joy to me to think about. <laughs> so that, so that I think was that Robert Woods is going to be involved a lot in this game uh, from a passing standpoint. And he's also going to get a few of those reverse runs, too, that he was used to be used when he was out in Los Angeles. He's going to score this week, and that score alone will push him close to 3x value. So I don't hate it, but my concern is the fact that Burks is out this week, and how much more can Washington focus on him? Because who else do they have, like you said, right? Um, well, it could be one of those uh, backup tight ends that always scores instead of Austin Hooper. That is true. That, <laughs> hey, that is true. Um, guys, I'm I, getting sick of this. I'm really getting sick of that. <laughs> guys I looked at that for one reason or another I, I just couldn't go with. Um, Devontae Parker, love the matchup. Uh, who's going to throw the football to him, right? Today I can't tell you that, so I can't go with Devontae Parker. Um, George Pickens, I kind of like matchup i kind of think that kenny will hopefully try to force it to him i just pick it to pickens we're gonna hear that a lot in the future right yeah maybe um but i just couldn't get on board and say that pickens is who i want to use as my value play because he's more of a risk play than a value play um josh reynolds but we don't know what's actually going on you know with the rest of the receivers yet yep and clearly staying away from Goff because of that and it's not the best matchup in the world for for the offense um, for, for Detroit this week. So I wound up settling on a guy in the same game you picked your value play from. Um, it was almost Terry McLaurin, but he's, he's a little more money than Curtis Samuel, and I still think that Samuel has the ability to be that flex play that's going to give you three times value at 5,800. So uh, I, I feel like I punted it, honestly. I don't love it. I, I didn't love anything. That's why I said... Um, but Curtis Samuel, I'm using as my value play. I have no problem with that one there. Again, certainly Josh Reynolds has value if uh, the other receivers are out again for Detroit. I think a lot of people were caught by the surprise on Sunday morning when they saw that DJ Chark was out of the game. Yeah. Uh, and there was some question marks on him on Friday. They did elevate Tom Kennedy. <laughs> now tell me first, is Tom Kennedy a real name? Or is that just some random computer-generated name given to uh, X fourth receiver for Detroit? <laughs> I think I think it's a politician somewhere. Actually, it, it probably is. Uh, yeah, there's some possibility. If if Jacoby Myers comes back, then like you said, Devontae Parker. We just don't know who the quarterback's going to be there this week. Uh, yeah, there's so many question marks in these cheaper guys this week. It's hard. It's hard to really trust anything here. You know, if you want to, again, if you want to go really deep dive here uh, and you find out that one of the 
uh, quarterbacks is going to be Brian Hoyer for the Patriots this week. Then you can consider starting one of them. A guy I kind of like, too. I, I mean, obviously, I've told you to stay away from Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Uh, if you need something really cheap, consider a, a throwing out Ben Skoranek here this week because he's not going to be paid attention to in that offense. They're going to be more concerned with shutting down uh, Cooper Cup as well as Allen Robinson. So he could be a sneaky little play here this week. Yeah, and I wanted to call a Darnell Mooney breakout at that $5,000 number, knowing people have like you know PTSD with playing anybody on the Chicago team outside of you know Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery when he's healthy. Um, but I couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Well, a shout-out goes to Jamal Agnew for stealing our Zay Jones thunder from last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like we're, you're wrong, but you're right, right? Zay was out, so Agnew did step into yep. that role. Um, so the, the thought process was there, and maybe people said, well, Zay's out. Let's pivot to, to Agnew, so maybe it helps somebody. Who knows? Um, didn't get any hate mail, so that's a plus. Um, Excellent. Go, go over to tight end, which I absolutely hate tight end this week. Hate it. Um, but go ahead. Oh, you, come on, though. I mean, I, you got to like a lot of these upper-tier matchups. There's, there's some good matchups for the tight ends this week. I mean, it's almost not even fair to have a payup when George Kittle is the most expensive guy at 5200 on DraftKings. Everybody else is sub-5 grand. Um, well, it's because all of the good, t- all the really elite tight ends are on the primetime slate this week. You've got, uh, oh, let's see, who's who's playing there? It's uh, Cincy at Baltimore. Yeah. You got Hayden Hurst. You've got uh, Mark Andrews, and you got the Raiders at Kansas City. So you got Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, and super stud tight end Jody Fortson. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot, lot of the elite tight ends, and Jody Fortson are off the slate here this week. But, uh, no, yeah, George Kittle's the highest-priced guy on DraftKings, and Hawkinson is the highest-priced guy on FanDuel. Um, and, Taysom Hill's the, and Taysom Hill's the fourth-highest-paid guy on FanDuel at six grand. Like, come on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who are you paying up for? Oh, but here's the thing. That's actually a great matchup for Taysom Hill if you want to play this. Seattle has been atrocious against tight ends so far this year. Obviously, we just saw what TJ Hawkinson did to them. Uh, but no, the guy I'm paying up for uh, once again this week is TJ Hawkinson. The Patriots have been almost as bad as Seattle. They've allowed five tight end scores in their last three games. So, I mean, obviously, if Detroit is shorthanded again, they're going to concentrate on getting the ball to Hawkinson. I expect him to score again this week and have another huge production day as long as, again, Amon Ra and or DJ Shark is out. So, remember, we're recording early, okay? And George Kittle is the highest-priced guy on the list that you gave me. And I just I looked at that, and I went, oh, because Kittle hasn't done what we expect Kittle to do. And then I was like, no, you know what? It's Carolina, yeah, it's on the road. He's 5,200, 6,500. Yeah, screw that. I'll pay up for George Kittle and cross my fingers. And I went, no, I can't do it. Um, just can't. But even though I feel like Hawkinson at 4,900 on DraftKings, it's not really a pay up. But anyway, we have a match. I, I did wind up landing on Hawkinson. It's not the New England team of old. Yes, Bill will probably try to take Hawk out. But if those other receivers are out, he still has to have some value there, right? And it's not going to take too much mm-hmm. value to especially on DraftKings, won't take much value to get three times. Um, and then if well, Ma- Amon is said, back. We're talking about how cheap these guys are. Yeah. But all of the top-priced guys have good good matchups. Again, Hill doesn't qualify on DraftKings, but his matchup on FanDuel is 6,000 against Seattle. He definitely can score again this week. Uh, Zach Ertz uh, at home versus Philadelphia. We know you have to attack Philadelphia underneath. Yep. 
Dallas Goddard on the road at Atlanta. At, at, I keep saying Atlanta instead of Arizona for some reason. I guess I want Philly to play against Atlanta. Yeah. But uh, Arizona has been atrocious against tight ends once again this year. Um, Kyle Pitts, obviously disappointing all season. Tampa Bay uh, just gave up three tight end touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes last night. Uh, <laughs> uh, so ultimately, for my stay away, I had to go all the way down to the seventh highest priced guy on the board, and that's Tyler Higby. And I already said that I don't mind Tyler Higby. So I think he might be involved in the short passing game this week, but he was the highest priced guy on the list I didn't really care for this week. So, yeah, I get it. Um, by the way, we're at 4.5 matches, so we needed one more match between either the stay away or the value play. Um, I have a feeling we're not going to get it. I don't disagree with Tyler Higby, but... I've got PTSD. I attacked Kyle Pitts in an auction, uh, relying on him as one of my big players. And right now, he's a Ferrari that's in the garage getting fixed, and, and you can't can't show it off to your friends, etc. When it's in the garage, right? So until Pitts starts to do something, I don't see how you can safely play him, even in regular fantasy. So let alone why try to force it in DFS. Well, it's absolutely atrocious that uh, the coaching staff in Atlanta is actually decreased Pitt's snap count in every single game so far this year. Yeah. That's it. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, it, it's a fireable offense. Not, not only that, you don't even want to go look at how many routes he's running versus he's in blocking. I mean... Uh, Parky Hesse should not be getting more targets or, or more uh, routes run than <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Exactly. And you're right. That is a fireable offense. So I'm shocked that we didn't match with Kyle Pitts, but it is what it is. Let's see if we can. Okay, I, I'm only saying that because, again, recency bias. Yeah. Tampa Bay got just destroyed by the position yesterday, so I, I think that they might be a little shell shocked. We'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, who is your value play? Let's see if we can get a match and, and go hit the over for the first time this year. Well, I'm going to take a guy who also played in that game last night that I was just talking about, and that's Cameron Brait, 3,400 on DraftKings, 4,900 on FanDuel. Uh, versus Atlanta, I finally get to say Atlanta in the right in the right context here. They've allowed a lead tight end to either score and or top seventy yards in every single game this season. We don't have a match, which means the uh. under hits. <laughs> Even if you gave me the full point for Ramonde, Ramondre, um, we'd have a push at five, but that's okay. Um, my value play, maybe he's not as cheap enough as he should be for a value play, but. David Njoku has shown that he is a top guy to target at the tight end position. He's still underpriced for the production you're getting from him. Yeah, he's a little higher on FanDuel than he is DraftKings, but David Njoku is, Njoku is my value play at the tight end position this week, where I don't think you have a chance of getting goose eggs from trying to get a value guy in your lineup. Exactly. So that does it. Um Good week, and I'll watch more football this coming week because the vacation is going to be ending on Saturday morning, the 10th, I think it is. Um, actually going to be in Boston today. Um, I'm taking in a, a Red Sox game. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, anyway, as always, feel free to follow Harley on Twitter at NuclearHarley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. I'm usually pretty good at getting back to people this week, of course. I was not because I've got very horrible cell service where I am um, and just have been so busy. So, But I will try my best to get back to people. Of course, you can always make sure that you are subscribed to the Huddle.com 
And as always, get blitz responsible. Cheers.